Hello, and welcome to Splash Pages, a new series here on MCMF where I, your friend Marcus, do a more structured look at something in comics I like or explore things about comics. The plan is for this to be a once or twice a month show, in addition to the regular podcast that will have all the tangents that you've come to know and hopefully love. An important part of the ecosystem of comics is teen heroes. They're vital to serving as point-of-view characters for new, especially younger readers, and their youth frees them up narratively from the baggage that hampers their older counterparts. A perfect example of this is Tim Drake, the Robin of the 90s and, in a sense, DC's premier teen hero at the time. His 1993 solo title ran until 2009, longer than any of his contemporaries at over 180 issues. While part of that success is undeniably the connection to Batman, a lot of the staying power of this character and that title comes from the way it presents the weight of his dual lives, and I don't think anything serves as a better example of that than the love triangle between himself, his civilian girlfriend, Ukrainian immigrant Ariana Zherchenko, and his often-on crime-fighting partner Stephanie Brown, a.k.a. The Spoiler. This dynamic leans hard on the soap opera elements of comics that help make them an interesting medium, as opposed to just being fights and tights. At the beginning of the series, with his father missing, Bruce Wayne searching for him, and John Paul Valley losing his mind, Tim strikes out on his own in Gotham's suburbs. Since Ariana goes to a different school, he introduces her to his classmates at a school function in issue one. This includes standard jock bully Carl Rank, who tries to impress Ariana before immediately getting his car stolen at gunpoint by a chop shop gang called the Speed Boys. Tim is dressed like a member of Cypress Hill here and saves him, much to his chagrin. My car! You moron, he would have killed you. I could have taken him, but now my vet's gone and it's your fault, Drake. Carl, you are incredible, man. Maybe I should have let him blow your brains out. It's not like you'd notice. Put a pin in that for later. Meanwhile, Arthur Brown, the Clue Master, breaks out of prison and Ariana tries to be patient with Tim blowing her off to deal with the Speed Boys. In issue 4, Spoiler makes her interest in the Boy Wonder known, and when the villains' plan to steal an armored car and bury it in concrete until the heat dies down goes sideways, Tim and Arthur find themselves buried alive. This happens unbeknownst to Stephanie, who tracks her dad's associates, headbanger and electrocutioner, back to a motel. As she stakes it out, she thinks about Robin, what he must be like in his day-to-day -day life, and more importantly, what kind of girl would be his type. Juxtaposed in the panel beneath her daydreaming is Ariana, whose patience has run thin. Tim was supposed to meet her for dinner and ice skating, and hasn't been answering her calls for hours, probably because he's busy trying to not suffocate. As she slams down the phone on the next page, Glenn, one of Tim's classmates who works at the restaurant, walks past and asks what's wrong. She tells him, and he does what any logical 14-year-old would do here, and shoots his shot, which, to his surprise, works. The cops bust Clue Master's henchmen, but Spoiler intervenes in the hopes that they'll lead her to her dad. Electrocutioner and Headbanger dig down to the truck, and Spoiler and Robin take them down. Tim gets caught up in the moment and kisses Stephanie, who then immediately wonders what they are now. Conveniently, the cops show up, and they go their separate ways, saving Tim from having to answer that question. In the immediate following of this, Robin becomes more of a secondary book to Batman, with the next ten issues, including a number zero, being tie-ins to other stories. During this time, both Bruce and Tim's father, Jack, return from overseas. In issue number nine, Jack buys a new family van for Tim to drive, and he goes out with Ariana. 
When she vents about feeling like he has so many secrets and tries to confess about what happened with Glenn, he falls asleep, exhausted from his Robin duties. Around this time, we're introduced as well to Dana Winters, Jack's physical therapist and later wife. When the adventure is again his in issue number 15, Tim talks to Glenn, who comes clean about his date with Ariana. Before he can fully process that, Tim and Bruce are tasked with finding Stephanie, who's being held hostage by a dude named Gully, as insurance for her dad setting up scores for him from prison. By tracking a corrupt guard, Tim finds Steph at a warehouse, and she pays him back for saving her life the same way he thanked hers, with a kiss. Against Batman's protest, Stephanie swings back into action as spoiler, and reveals the whole hostage situation was her dad's idea all along, and he only involved Batman and Robin because Gully held out on his part of the take. While they track Gully, Tim vents about Ariana to Stephanie, who takes the opportunity to remind him that if he wants it, he can have it. Tim cracks the case, and they face off with Gully at a museum where Tim takes a bullet for spoiler, which is one of the worst things you can do if you're trying to get somebody to stop flirting with you. He talks to Ariana in issue 17 about her date with Doppler, and later her uncle Vari has an encounter with a Russian mobster who shoots up his deli when Vari won't pay tribute. The cost to repair the shop is too high, and Vari decides to sell the business and move his family out of Gotham. When Tim returns home from his Robin duties in issue 20, he's shocked to find Ariana has run away from home, and is now sitting in his bed because she refuses to leave him. This leads to one of my favorite incidents in this early run, when the Drake family housekeeper, Mrs. McIlvain, goes to wake Tim in the opening pages of issue 21, she finds Ariana in his bed instead, because Tim, in all his genius-level intellect, thinks to himself, I'll have her sleep in my room and I'll sleep in the guest room. That won't cause any problems at all. It's so, like, delightfully a teenager thing to do. Jack jumps to the conclusion that Tim and Ariana are having premarital sex and freaks out. Dana inadvertently bails Tim out when she comes up the stairs with breakfast for Jack, leading Tim to the conclusion that since he slept in the guest room, his dad's physical therapy regimen must also involve premarital sex. Dana turns bright red and Tim's appears to not care at all. He offers to drive Ari home, but she tells him that whatever his dad thought happened, Uncle Vari would definitely think worse if he dropped her off. Put a pin in that for later. In issue 23, it's revealed that Bruce secretly bought the Zherchenko's deli and bakery so they can afford to move but stay within the Gotham area. As a result, Ariana now goes to Gotham Heights High with Tim, which will obviously not make the whole double life thing any harder. Carl Rank makes some vague reference to needing to protect herself at Gotham Heights, which Ariana dismisses as him just trying to impress her again. Turns out, though, he's serious. In issue 24, he pulls Tim aside and voices his concerns. In the boys' bathroom, Carl tells Tim he's forming an association to look after things and keep, quote, these homeboys, end quote, in line. Like a vigilante thing, he says, showing Tim that his father has given him a pistol. Issue 25 is a very special issue. Tim tries to talk Carl out of his insane idea, and when that doesn't work, he tells Jack about the gun and convinces him to talk to Carl's father. Jack's talk with Mr. Rank works, and he winds up taking the gun away from his son, who then steals another one from him. Tim decides to go right to the principal this time, but while they look for Carl, he's getting into a shoving match with another student that escalates, leaving Carl Rank shot dead in the hall. Issue number 26 opens with Carl's funeral. As Tim and Ariana go to leave the service, he spies Stephanie and panics, hoping she won't recognize him. Ariana notices this freakout and naturally assumes that Tim is hiding something, gets mad, and storms off. 
While working out to relieve the stress he's under, Tim sees Spoiler pressing some of Carl's friends, but can't hear when she finds out the killer's identity. He goes to her that night, and she agrees to work with him on it. The next day, he makes up with Ariana by telling her that he was just looking at Stephanie and got embarrassed. This is one of the dumbest lies anyone has ever told in a comic book, and it works because teenagers are morons. That night, Tim and Stephanie track down the killer, a Gotham High transfer named Young L, and deal with him with help from Batman. The next couple issues are tie-ins again, this time to the Contagion event. Tim catches a deadly strain of Ebola after someone spits in his face. I know that sounds like I'm making it up. I promise you that I am not. After he recovers, he returns home to find Ariana has bleached her hair blonde because of him staring at Stephanie at the funeral. He hates it, especially because Gotham Heights High's in-crowd are all now giving her extra attention. He goes to Nightwing for advice, and he tells him, it's like going out with a different girl without breaking up or cheating. This dude is for sure listening to Megan the Stallion. That night, while Tim deals with Maxi Zeus, Ariana gets a call from a dude named Jank Angstrom, who asks her to go with a movie with him and some of their classmates. Ari, overjoyed with her newfound blonde popularity, agrees. In the car on the way home, he pulls over to the side of the road and tries to make a move, essentially telling her she's been asking for it. What a freak. She manages to escape by cracking him in the head with a six-pack of beer laying nearby. She dyes her hair back to its natural black color here, dear to the experience of almost being assaulted just for being blonde. In issue 31, Tim and Ariana go to a car show and she blows up at him for pulling around in his excitement, still reeling for what happened with Jake in issue 30. Tim teams up with Wildcat to take down the Speed Boys again before getting jetted off to Paris with Nightwing to track Rachel Ghoul for the Legacy event. He returns to Gotham in issue 34 just in time to hit a terrible rendition of Hamlet with Ariana and his friends. He's also wearing a Gotham Heights High letter jacket here, which is very confusing. He's a sophomore who doesn't play any sports and doesn't do any extracurriculars. How did he get this? Is this Jax? Did he buy it? I'm actually really confused. Ariana and Tim's friend Ives argue about the validity of interpretation when it comes to Shakespeare, and Tim just gets up and leaves in the middle of it to break up a fight in the woods. During this, he's discovered by Helena Bertinelli, the huntress who he's just teamed with in Legacy, but she doesn't recognize him. Tim then proceeds to rejoin his friends, and then leave again as Robin to deal with three would-be robbers, lamenting that Ariana will probably put two and two together. He thinks for a moment about letting the last of them go to protect his identity, but decides against it. His secret does remain intact, though, as Helena clocks the guy as he runs past her. She talks to Tim again and implies she knows his secret through some light ball-busting, but Ariana assumes something is up. And if you're thinking to yourself, there's no way Ariana thinks that Tim is having a relationship with this grown woman. That is exactly what she implies here. Issue number 35 ties into the company-wide event The Final Night, in which an artificially created black hole threatens to consume the sun, causing record snowfall worldwide. While out on patrol, Tim encounters Spoiler. She flirts and he tries to give her a ride home before they pursue a chainsaw-wielding robber and wind up buried in a store under several feet of snow. Racked with guilt about the possibility that she's died in the avalanche, Robin gives Spoiler mouth-to-mouth, -mouth and she takes the opportunity to steal a kiss. They argue about that, and also the ethics of leaving the dude with the chainsaw to freeze to death before Stephanie relents and agrees to help look for him, but they instead find a woman and her child who'd come in looking for warmth before the roof caved in. They rescue the woman, and Tim takes down the burglar, finding that the Justice League has saved the sun upon their escape. This mostly serves to reintroduce Stephanie to the story after she's been missing for 10 issues since the Carl Rank debacle. 
In issue 36, we find out that Tim and Ariana haven't really been speaking lately. In a total reversal of roles, she hasn't been answering his calls, and when he offers to help her with what's been bothering her, she tearfully turns him down. In issue 38, though, she asks if he can help her forget a terrible thing that happened, but makes him promise not to ask about it. Confused, he agrees. This comes to a head in issue number 40, where Ariana invites Tim over with her aunt and uncle gone under the pretense of talking about the issues in their relationship. She tells him she has a surprise for him and returns to her room like 45 minutes later in a negligee and propositions him for premarital sex. He tells her he doesn't think they're ready for that and she bursts into tears, finally telling him about what happened with Jake 10 issues ago. Tim empathizes with her, but tells her that even though he loves her, they're just kids and he isn't ready to step through the metaphorical door that is having sex. She kisses him and sure enough, her aunt and uncle return just at that moment. Uncle Vari is pissed. Issue 41 opens with legitimately two of my favorite pages ever. Vari charges at Tim, who is trying to explain. He then jumps over the couch to lead him in the opposite direction of the door, then rolls over the coffee table the other way to knock some magazines into Vari's path so that he'll slip and let him get away in the bottom panel. It's such a good use of the medium and the space. Tim's motion draws the eye and lets you watch his plan develop in real time. Even though you as the reader know that Tim could take him, he can't do it without giving up his identity. So he escapes in a way that looks believable to the Zherchenkos. Ariana tries to explain to her family that it wasn't Tim's idea and that nothing happened, but they won't hear her. Tim goes out as Robin to clear his head and runs into Spoiler, who spent the other half of issue 40 dealing with Lynx and her gang, the Ghost Dragons. She tells Robin they're expanding out into the suburbs, and he agrees to let her help when she tells him she knows where to find them. He tries to convince himself this is just for her safety and not because he can't see Ariana and wants to be around Stephanie, tries being the operative word. When they tangle with the dragons in an arcade, Tim finally comes to grips with how he feels. Being Robin is easier than being Tim Drake. Being with Stephanie is easier than being with Ariana. He's, in his own words, more afraid of emotional commitment than he is of getting his head blown off. In issue 43, with Ives acting mysteriously, his father away on business and unable to see Ariana for fear of her uncle pile-driving him, Tim finds himself calling Steph again. He tells her that he likes her a lot and sometimes wishes he hadn't met her as Robin. She tells him they'll continue the conversation in person and hangs up, wanting to investigate a mysterious letter that she received. The next day at school, Tim finds out from one of his teachers that Ariana's family moved her to an all-girls school after the other night. He also finds out that the reason that Eyes is being secretive is because he got a job as an off-brand Chuck E. Cheese and was too embarrassed to tell him. Tim drops Ives off at home and thinks to himself, I wish I had someone to offer me some advice, but my problems with Ariana aren't the kind of things I can talk to Bruce about. Dick's not around, and Alfred, he'd suggest something like grin and bear it, Master Tim. I know who I want to talk to, and I know I'm probably asking for more problems. Tim goes to Stephanie's house that night to talk about his issues and the letter she got, only to find out she isn't home. Upon reading the letter, which is supposed to resemble a message from the Clue Master, he realizes something is up and heads out to find her. When he shows up to save her, he's ambushed by the short-lived alter ego of the headbanger, the Baffler. Baffler reveals that the building they're on is set for demolition in a few hours, and with them both captured, he plans to let them get caught in the blast and die. Luckily, he is an idiot and accidentally knocks himself out, giving them time to escape the implosion. In the wreckage, the two embrace, and for the first time, Tim doesn't fight how he feels. For the first time, he lets the moment be what it is. He admits his attraction to her, but tries to convince her to hang up the spoiler costume again. They leave things there for now, and he drives her home. 
When he gets home himself, he finds his father has returned from his work trip early, thanks to a call from Vary Zhirchenko. Robin is grounded. Jenny goes to Tim to hear him out, and he explains what happened, or rather, what didn't. She tells him that she'll talk to Jack about it, and Tim thinks to himself that he could do worse as far as stepmoms are concerned. While watching the news, he finds out about a robbery-turned-hostage situation and notices someone that the cops aren't prepared to deal with. He tries reaching Batman and Huntress, both of whom are otherwise occupied. As a last-ditch effort, he reaches out to Stephanie, who tells him that after what happened, she's considering taking his advice and quitting being spoiler for good. Tim's glad she won't be in danger anymore, but disappointed that he won't have an excuse to see her anymore. Jack comes up to talk to him about everything, but gets angry when Tim blows him off to keep watching the news report, and fully rips the TV out of the wall in anger. Bruce gets the message Tim was trying to send, though, and deals with the robber. In the next few issues, Tim runs away from his grounding because he has to deal with an international incident involving a child in a Confederate uniform. I know that sounds like I made it up. I promise you that I did not. In issue 50, Jack gets the police involved in Tim's sudden disappearance and talks with Ariana to see if she knows anything. She's obviously really upset, and this leads to Jack and Vari concluding that she and Tim do, in fact, love each other. Stephanie also goes looking for him and almost sneaks up on Batman in the process, but he can't give her any answers on where he is. He's, in fact, now in a second international incident, this time a civil war between two former Soviet states, which honestly kind of rules... He fights Lady Shiva and King Snake while hopped up on an experimental super drug. He heads home with the intention of telling his dad the truth about everything, but returns to Gotham in ruins after a cataclysmic earthquake. In issue 54, Tim finds out that Ariana's neighborhood has been closed off due to damage from the quake, and she's staying at the high school for the time being. To avoid Vari, he sneaks over as Robin that night and checks on her from the rafters. In a stroke of awful luck for him, just across from her sits Stephanie Brown. He gets her attention and they reunite outside and she tells him how worried she was about him after the quake. She also asks him to go break into her house and get her spoiler costume in case looters hit her house and take it. She's right, of course, about that possibility. Tim arrives to find Cluemaster lying in wait with his daughter's costume. The two fight, trying to avoid the armed guardsmen patrolling the block. He gets back to Stephanie with her costume and tells her he's holding on to it until they get a chance to really talk. She asks why he came looking for her and doesn't believe him when he says that he didn't. As far as she's concerned, he has a bad case of the Steffs. The next morning, he's surprised by Ariana, who explains the conversation her uncle and his dad had, and the two ride off to school together. This ends on a great page where Tim vows to himself to not let anything tear his life apart again while the spoiler's costume sits in the backseat of his car, right between himself and Ari. In issue 56, Tim spends time with Ariana and her family, but can't stop thinking about Stephanie. He finally meets with her to talk openly about how he feels. He tells her even though he likes the time they spend together as Robin and Spoiler, because of the weight of his secret and thus Batman's, they can only be that. This is the only corner of his life that they can share. She says that's enough for her, and they kiss. Not a you-just-saved-my-life kiss or a we-almost-died kiss, but a genuine I-want-to-do-this kiss. That night in the Batcave, Tim starts to write a letter to Ariana telling her it's over, but Alfred shames him into being a man about it and talking to her face-to-face. He goes to school the next day, ready to have the hard conversation, but she beats him to the point. She tells him that while they were apart, she had a lot of time to think and realize they're far too serious for how young they are, breaking things off and telling him that she'll see him around. This is her second and last appearance, by the way. In issue 68, Jack and Tim wind up at the Zierchenko's deli by total coincidence, and she's never seen again after that. 
These first 56 issues establish and handle the delicate balance of a young superhero's life really well. I wrote this whole thing out and hardly mentioned any of the actual heroics because even on what has to be my fifth or sixth reread of all this, the most interesting thing about this book is that balance. Even in the issues following this, with Tim and Stephanie becoming an official couple and the love triangle stuff not being a factor anymore, the duality of his Tim and Robin becomes the most driving force behind him as a character and in this book. His struggle with his secret spills over into Young Justice, where he wants to tell Superboy and Wonder Girl and Impulse who he is and share the same closeness with them that they have shared with him, but he can't. It continues in Dixon's run, as Stephanie discovers she's pregnant with her ex-boyfriend's baby in issue 57 and has to stop being spoiler for a time, which causes Tim to in turn have to find a new way to spend time with her and help her through that time while protecting the larger Bat family secret. It's even inverted in the later issues when Bill Willingham takes over, when he introduces Bernard and Darla, and that has to balance his new friendship with them, with the secret. They don't even know that Stephanie exists. We talked about this, Jesse and I did, in a previous episode. It's inverted further still when he has to take over Wayne Industries in Bruce's absence after Final Crisis, and he has to protect his role there, as well as his role as Red Robin, as well as balancing what he's doing with the League of Assassins. Uh, it's what leads to Tam Fox telling Vicki Vale that she and Tim are getting married, which she just does to protect him. The heart of superhero comics isn't the fights, it isn't who would win, it isn't just these characters being functions. It is and always has been them as people, who these characters are when they're not saving the world. Thank you for joining me on this first episode of Splash Pages, and until next time, take care.